0: The Accidental Adventures of Bernie the Banana Slug A picture book by G. Michael Smith Available on Amazon Part 1. Time to get up Bernie woke from his winter slumber and opened his eyes. He yawned. Bernie lived in the basement of the seven-story garden bed. The garden bed was made of wooden, interlocking garden ties piled seven high. Seven levels, each housing someone or other, starting at one and going down, down, down to Bernie on seven. Loud voices from the level above had woken Bernie. A family of woodbugs was having a boisterous argument. Bernie wasn't quite awake. All he could make out was something about spring and shadows and whether or not someone or something saw his or not. By the time Bernie was fully awake, the woodbugs had agreed to check something out and the argument stopped. Bernie relaxed and snuggled back down to sleep. But he couldn't sleep. There was a rumbling in his stomach. (laughs) Strawberries. He had been dreaming of strawberries, huge, red, ripe strawberries. Bernie lived in a strawberry patch, well, seven stories below the strawberry patch. He imagined delicious strawberries right above him, up there, seven stories up. Bernie was so hungry, he oozed slime under his foot and slithered up. Up past the noisy woodbug apartment on level six. Up seven stories. Up past all the garden ties until one antenna with one eye on the very end poked out of the passage. He could see brown strawberry leaves. Below his eye antenna, Bernie had two smaller antenna. This was how Bernie smelled and touched. He waved the small antenna in the warm spring air and sniffed and felt. It was early spring. There were no strawberries. Not yet. But the sun was warm and the green leaves would be coming soon. Bernie sighed and smiled at the prospect. Then came a screech so loud that Bernie contracted into a small ball of slug. Nothing was exposed but his back. A nasty slug! Bernie was afraid. You'll not wreak your havoc on my precious strawberries, shrieked Mrs. McIntyre. The owner and strawberry caretaker. With one quick and decisive movement, she scooped up Bernie along with a spadeful of dirt and flung him, dirt and all, over the fence into the woods beyond. Bernie tumbled through the air, flipping over and over till he was quite dizzy. The sky and the ground whirled past one after the other until, with a massive thud, Bernie landed. He held his breath and opened one eye on the end of one antenna. All he could see was green, green leaves. He stopped holding his breath and opened the other eye on the end of his other antenna. He saw brown, brown tree bark. He shook his head and both antennae looked forward. He was on a branch, high up in a maple tree. He was in the maple tree in the woods, a very long way from home. Bernie moaned and tried to untangle himself from his sticky self and take stock of his situation.
1: "'Din-hot! Lift! Lift!
0: Lift!' shouted a voice below Bernie. "'Bernie had landed right in the path of a column of ants marching up the tree, "'and a column of ants marching down the tree. "'They were now going around him as if he were a new branch "'that had magically sprouted from the tree trunk. "'They paid him no attention whatsoever. "'His antenna looked in opposite directions, "'and Bernie had no idea which eye was looking where.' It didn't really matter as there were ants everywhere around him. Bernie stopped an ant going past him up the tree. ''Where are you going?'' asked Bernie. The ant turned toward Bernie with a puzzled look on his face and then turned and continued on his way. Bernie was also puzzled. His head turned back and forth from the ant leaving and the new ant approaching. "'Where are you going?' repeated Bernie, "'hoping the next passing ant would not be so rude as to completely ignore him. "'The ant looked up and said, "'I should have thought that was obvious.' "'Well, it's not,' retorted Bernie. "'We're going up the tree,' replied the ant, as he hurried off. "'But—but—but—why?' asked Bernie. "'But the ant—' had already left. "'Why, what?' asked the next ant as he passed Bernie. "'Are you going up the tree?' Bernie continued to the new ant. "'What an absurd question! "'To get to the top, of course,' said the ant as he too hurried up the tree. Bernie turned to his left and noticed an ant coming down the tree. He watched three more ants go past. Finally he said— I suppose you were all going down the tree just to get to the bottom. The passing ant stopped for a moment, looked about and said, Of course. Why would you do anything else? And you'd better go too, unless you want to be that crow's dinner. Crow! Bernie shuddered as a black shadow swooped over him. He contracted. "'and oozed slime from the gland on the end of his foot. "'Suddenly he was flying through the air. "'The crow had knocked him off the branch. "'He opened one eye and saw the ground rushing up at him, "'but then, like a bungee jumper, he slowed just in time. "'He bounced up and down until he came to a complete stop "'a few centimetres from the ground.' His slime had stuck to the tree branch and stretched, acting like an elastic band. Bernie lowered himself to the ground, and after a few moments was safe under a big maple leaf. The air was getting warmer, and Bernie knew he must not venture out into the hot sunshine. If he got too dry, his slime would not be slippery, and he wouldn't be able to move. Bernie was tired hungry, thirsty, and lost. He decided the best thing to do was to snuggle down into the moss under the maple leaf and go to sleep. Part 2. The Meeting Place Bernie woke just as the sun was about to rise. The rumbling in his stomach was much louder this morning. He was famished. Bernie was also careful as he slithered out from under the leaf and looked about. He could not see or hear any creature that might want to satisfy its own rumbling hunger with a tasty morsel that was Bernie the banana slug safe for now bernie slithered off in search of food he sniffed and slithered and slid on his slippery slime until he smelled something scrumptious mushrooms there were some delicious mushrooms close by and bernie's second favorite food was mushrooms bernie traveled to the base of an old stump and there they were a clutch of Corprinus cormatis, otherwise known as shaggy mane mushrooms, lay straight ahead. They were a little overripe with an inky edge, but that's how Bernie liked them. Yum, he thought, and he sped ahead. Bernie was no slouch in the speed department. <clears throat> and just what do you think you were doing? I have not been watching over these babies for the last three days just to have some big, bad, ugly banana slug slither up and eat them. Now shoo, said a stern voice. Bernie screeched to a halt and looked up at the notch cut into the stump. Sitting in the notch was Mona, a purple-banded snail. Her full name was Mona Danina Fidelis. Bernie could plainly see that Mona was not happy. "'Would you consider sharing?' Bernie asked politely. "'I'm really hungry, and I'm not sure I can go much further without something to eat.' "'And what do I get in return?' retorted Mona. Bernie thought for a moment, and then said, Well, you are cordially invited over for a feast of scrumptious strawberries. Strawberries? Did you say strawberries? I haven't had a strawberry in years. There used to be a patch of small, sweet, wild ones in the clearing on the other side of the stump, but the the robins got them all. They nearly got me as well. "'Strawberries are my most favorite food. "'I love strawberries,' prattled Mona. "'Suddenly she stopped speaking. "'She tilted her head, closed one eye, "'and looked at Bernie suspiciously. "'Hey, what do you take me for? "'Strawberries won't be ripe for another month. "'Where are you going to get strawberries?' "'Well, to be honest, they won't be ripe for another month.' But they will really be worth the wait. I live in a strawberry patch, and if you come and visit me, I will serve you a red ripe strawberry, almost as big as you, and you can eat it all by yourself, said Bernie enthusiastically. Where is this strawberry patch? I've lived in this neighborhood all my life, and there's no strawberry patch near here, said Mona suspiciously. Not, not here... Uh, there faltered bernie looking for some direction to point he sighed I, i think i'm lost but i assure you the strawberry patch exists when i find my way home i will show you if i ever find my way home oh i'm so hungry oh for goodness sake have a nibble on my mushrooms I probably can't eat them all myself anyway, said Mona, as she slid down to join Bernie, who was already munching on a marvellously inky mushroom. We will eat them, and then we will talk more about this strawberry patch of yours. And maybe we can, if we work together, find your way back home. Home? This is where I live. I am home. You live here too, Mona. You are home babbled a small green frog from the very top of the stump. He suddenly stopped talking and stared at Bernie. What? I mean, who is that, Mona? 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 There's a creature, a creature eating your mushrooms. It's all right, Reggie. I would like you to meet my new friend, Bernie, said Mona. Cricket, cricket, crickick, croaked Reggie. Mona continued. Bernie is a banana slug. What's your full name, Bernie? Areolimax columbianus. It means large slug that lives near the Columbia River, said Bernie with assurance. But Bernie's a whole lot easier. What's yours? Hyla regilla, said Reggie rather haughtily. Hyla is Greek meaning belonging to the woods, and regilla means regal or splendid. And I am rather splendid, don't you think? Reggie puffed up his throat and croaked. Kerekek! You can call me H.R. Only my close friends can call me Reggie. You are being rude, Reggie, said Mona. That's all right, Mona. He is rather handsome. I just love that color of green. I'm a little boring as far as color goes, said Bernie. Boring, Bernie? That's a perfect name for you, retorted Reggie, as he hopped down to the notch above Bernie and Mona. Mona looked disapprovingly at Reggie, and said sternly, Stop being rude, or I won't speak to you. All right, said Reggie. Apologize, continued Mona. Sorry, said Reggie. Good, Bernie is now our friend, and we will treat him as such, confirmed Mona. Thank you both for welcoming me, said Bernie. I'm not really boring. I can tell stories. I've been told that some of my stories are particularly interesting and even funny. I could tell you one if you like. I could... Bernie was cut off in mid-sentence with a loud... From Reggie as the frog leapt up to the top of the stump and onto a low branch of a nearby tree. If you don't want to hear it, you just have to say so, snapped Bernie sharply. <coughs> <coughs> Croaked Reggie frantically. He hopped up onto a higher branch. His mouth moved as he pointed to the other side of the small mushroom patch. But no sounds came out. "'Oh, dear,' said Mona, as she slipped her shell over herself "'and plopped down firmly on the top of a protruding root. "'Bernie looked from Mona to Reggie and back again. "'Suddenly Mona's shell lifted slightly on one side. "'Bernie heard an echo of an echo of a word "'from inside Mona's spiral shell.' Sna Mona called out in warning and dropped her shell firmly to the root, oh dear, said Bernie, and he slithered right up beside Mona and contracted. He contracted into a small ball of slug, so small in fact that if you didn't know he was there. "'You would just think he was an olive-coloured rock "'right beside a snail-shell sitting on a root "'at the base of a stump in a small woods "'on an early spring day. "'The snake of the garter variety slithered up, "'its tongue flicking the air. "'He was looking for a frog, "'a nice, juicy, lime-green tree-frog "'to gobble down in one bite.' Tree frogs were his favourite food and he thought he could smell one nearby. He saw Mona. He didn't see Bernie. Snails were just too hard to eat and he just wasn't that hungry. He slipped, slithered and slid into the nearby bracken and disappeared. The fear he left hung in the air like the perfume of skunk cabbage. Part 3. Jerry drops in. All was still. A light breeze caressed Bernie's mantle and sent a shiver of cool through him. He relaxed a little. The silence was broken by a cheep far off and then a louder cheep closer. The cheeps came faster and louder in a flutter of wings A small chickadee dropped from its nest right on top of Bernie and Mona. Kerplunk! It's not working, it's not working, it's not working, fluttered Jerry as he flapped his wings madly. He was trying to fly, and no matter how hard he flapped and fretted, he simply wobbled around from foot to foot. One foot pushed down on Bernie, And one foot stepped on Mona and back again. It's not working. It's not working. It's just not working, cried Jerry. And he flopped his feathery breast right down on top of Mona and Bernie. Mona rolled to one side and slowly righted herself with a moan. Bernie stretched himself out to his full length and slid from under the young bird. Bernie was covered in small feathers. He sneezed a loud banana slug sneeze, filling the air with feathers that drifted down and settled over the shocked, silent trio. (laughs) That, That was the funniest thing I've ever seen, Kirekek laughed Reggie from the stump above their heads. He poked his green head over the edge and continued to laugh. Kirik, <laughs> Mona was not amused. Bernie stared with his mouth open. He didn't even know what Jerry was. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, said Jerry. My parents said I would be able to fly just by jumping out of the nest. I told them I had my doubts. Kirik, <laughs> kirik. They said that everyone else could do it, and so could I. I still was not sure it would work. They pushed me anyway and simply flew off. And it didn't. It didn't work. It didn't work. I can't fly. I'm useless. And now I'm alone. Cheep. Cheep. Cheep, cried Jerry. What is that? whispered Bernie to Mona. It's a bird, a baby chickadee, I think, said Mona. What's your name, she asked, but Jerry continued to cheep quietly. Mona softened. Are you hurt, she asked, but Jerry closed his eyes and continued to cheep. We have to help him before that snake comes back, or he'll be snake supper for sure, she said, looking at Bernie. Reggie jumped down beside Jerry. Hey, kid, said Reggie. Sorry for laughing. You can hang around with us if you just stop with the cheeping, okay? Cheep, peeped Jerry. We might go to find the slug's famous strawberry patch. Do you want to come? Asked Reggie. Cheep. What's a strawberry? Asked Jerry. It's a... "'Well, uh, I, th- I think it's a... Uh, it-, it is something to eat.' "'Right, slug?' Reggie said directly to Bernie. "'Right, frog,' snapped Bernie. "'Stop it, you two. We all have names, so please use them,' Mona said and turned to the Jickadee. "'What's your name?' "'Jerry,' whispered Jerry. "'Well, Jerry, would you like to come with us to find Bernie's place?' He's lost, and if we help him find his home, there might be a strawberry or two in it for us. And strawberries are wonderful to eat when they are ripe and red, Mona crooned softly. I'm starving, said Jerry excitedly. Let's go get some. I wish it were that easy, said Bernie. I have no idea where to go, and even less on the best way to get there. I don't think it needs to be that difficult, announced Mona. We will simply start where we are and spiral out until we get there. I've been doing that my whole life, and it's never failed me yet. It takes a little longer than the straight path you would take if you knew the direction you wish to travel. Since we do not, this is the best way, and all starting points and directions are the right one. So let's go, directed Mona. Bernie, since it's your home we are searching for, You get to pick the direction we start. Bernie's antenna began to twirl around each other until there was nothing left to twirl. What if I choose wrong? asked Bernie with a sigh. There's no wrong, Mona assured him. We will travel in ever-widening circles, taking care to remember landmarks along the way so we don't get turned around. It's easy, Mona patiently explained. So, Bernie... Pick a direction. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick, demanded Jerry, flapping his wings and jumping up and down. Kick. You don't get to pick. If Bernie doesn't want to pick, then I do, said Reggie, hopping down from his mushroom perch. Cheep, cheap, cheap, whimpered Jerry. Let Jerry pick, said Bernie. Yes, let him pick, commanded Mona. Jerry began to jump up and down and screech excitedly. Let's go, let's go this way. No, 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 this way. No, no, no. this this way. Oh, on second thought, this way. Oh, maybe, oh, this way, oh, oh. Well, we're off, said Mona decisively. And she led them onward at a snail's pace. I like this way too, said Jerry. He hopped and flapped around Mona, Bernie and Reggie as they all started their journey. They left the meeting place, near the shaggy mane mushrooms by the stump, near the base of the tall maple tree, where the ants were still marching up and down in single file. The four friends would have many adventures before the first blush was on the strawberries, in the strawberry patch in Mrs. McIntyre's garden, somewhere out there on one of the sweeps of the spiral that they would travel together. Introductory music is titled Ride to the City by Excel Music Publishing, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.